Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, and we'll read it. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Come on. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Say, no confidence in my flesh. Say, no confidence. In my flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, Paul says he has more. Father, we thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you, Jesus, that the word will come alive in them. I thank you as they receive it, I thank you that it will produce in their life, that it will accomplish what it is purposed to do. I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you've anointed me to preach the word, and I thank you that it will cause increase and growth in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Today, the title of my message is, You Can Possess with Confidence. You Can Possess with Confidence. To do God's will is going to take confidence in Christ, not in self. Let me say that again. To do or to accomplish what God has purposed and called his church, his body, pursue church, that's us, that's you, in order to accomplish it, it's going to take confidence, not in self, but in him. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, It says this, therefore, do not throw away or cast away or cast off your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. If I could put my little word in there of quotations right by that, you have need of growth. You have need of process. You have need of time. You have need of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. When you've done the will of God, you may receive. So we have to do something. We have to fulfill his will before you actually see the promise produced in your life. A lot of times we have Christians that are not seeing God's promises or the benefits of his word manifested in their life. It's because they are not living or serving out his will, but rather their own. And today, I want to encourage you to not put confidence in your flesh. Paul, when we go back into Philippians chapter 3, says this. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in our flesh. But look, Paul says, I myself, I have a lot of reason to put confidence in my flesh. And if you studied on Paul, you would know that he's a very intelligent man. You would know that he was very active in the persecution of the people that followed after the Messiah. Stephen was murdered because of it. People were put in prison. 
That's when God showed up and said, what are you doing? You're coming against me. You're pricking against me. And what happened? He was converted. He was changed because of that encounter he had with God. So Paul's saying, I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. And if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence, I have more. So if you think you have confidence in the flesh, guess what? Paul has more. He's done more. He's accomplished more. He was a Jewish elite. He was a priest. All they did was study. They were very intelligent. And Paul is telling us, I have way more than you think you do. Last week, we talked out of Acts chapter 9, verse 31. And we have been using the scripture as the core of the word that God has given our church of multiplication. And that word multiplication means to grow, to build, and to increase. And we have believe that God has given us five areas in this year that we are going to see that word come to fruition. First is saved souls. We are going to see more saved men and women of this world come to God. Number two, committed disciples, people that are committed to the process of the growth and the spiritual development that comes from his word. Can I get an amen? Third is miracles. We're going to see people healed of cancer, people that are set free in mental disease and illness. We're going to see people experience the miracle-working power of God. Can I get an amen? We are also going to see breakthrough in finances when it comes to the body, when it comes to what we're able to do in this region. Because can I tell you, it's not just with this building. It's with a lot more. This vision that you have partnered with and that you have connected yourself to is not just a community thing that we do on Sunday mornings. It is a lot more than that. We are here to change this region for Jesus Christ. We are not here to just hang out and just have some community tea and coffee. No, we are here. This is a battle. This is We are literally fighting a spiritual battle, and so we have to be spiritually ready to fight. So we put on that armor of God. We know that there might be testing, there might be circumstance, there might be trial, but because we are in Christ, it doesn't matter what we are facing or what we are up against because we know who we are in him. And that's the place where we stand. And then we talked about education. We are going to see a multiplication in education. We're going to see it when it comes to schools. We're going to see it when it comes to worship colleges. We're going to see it when it comes to Bible school. Hey, it's the Holy Ghost. We are going to see in these five areas. And that scripture, Acts 9.31, it started with the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and had peace and was being built up. Now, if you read it within the context of this scripture, this is in the same passage of scripture where Paul, or Saul, was converted to Paul, where he had met Jesus, and he was changed And so he was no longer persecuting the church. Can I get an amen? I'm sure that the Jews were happy about that, that he was no longer coming against them. I'm sure the Gentiles were excited because, can I tell you, that Paul is the one that went to the Gentiles. He's the one that brought the gospel to them. You're a Gentile if you didn't know. (laughs) So... It will take confidence in God to accomplish his will. See, multiplication is going through happen to happen through your confidence in him, not your confidence in what you can do. 
It is crazy how much confidence we put in ourselves. We are living in a time where social media and everything has caused us to think highly of ourselves. We like the way we look. We like the way we have our gifts and talents. We showcase those things. I mean, people right now have millions of followers because of how good they can dance. People have millions of followers of how good they can put makeup on their face. People have millions of followers about how good they look. And it's all vanity. But this is the age of where we're living in. So as the body and as the church, we can't allow that to distract us and to contaminate or compromise our walk with him. We can't get so far up in our own flesh and think that we're good and, man, I can do this. Because the reality is you can only go so far. You can only accomplish so much. Can I get an amen? How many know that if you've been serving God for long enough, you personally have limits, but he has no limits. All things are possible to those that believe and follow after God. See, it says in Philippians 3, verse 4, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. My son, Braden, I bought him a skim board for his birthday. And his birthday was a couple weeks ago. He really wanted one, and he has no clue how to use it. But we've been going to the beach every single day for him to practice and to learn. Now, he was super excited about it, but when he got on that skimboard, can I tell you, he fell a lot. And it wasn't so fun anymore. It, he saw that it was challenging. It was difficult. He fell on his tailbone a few times. He face-planted a couple times. It was hard. And how very similar it is to our walk with Christ. You first got saved. You saw that it was amazing. You were transformed. You were changed. But then something else happened. Time. (laughs) And as time began to grow, you had to see that your walk with the Lord had to stay burning. It had to stay lit up. It had to stay stirred up. And as you continue to grow in him, you see that there are challenges along the way. That, man, you actually go through stuff as a Christian. Just because you are a man and woman of God doesn't mean you don't go through stuff. Can I get an amen? If anything, you put a target on your back for the enemy to attack you even more. That's good, though. That means you're doing something. And it's very similar to my son. as him falling on his tail end and on his face. And getting frustrated. Come on, how many get frustrated with your walk with Christ sometimes? Don't be a liar. Of course we do. We're human. And as we get frustrated and angry, then it causes us to get in our feelings and our emotions, and then we act out. Just like my son did. He got upset, threw the board, and went back in the water on his tube to sit and do nothing. Because he didn't like the challenge and the uncomfortability of trying to learn something new. Because he... Didn't know how to do it yet. So what did he do? He asked me to help. Now, me not knowing how to do it either, but (laughs) just say it that way because I would have hurt myself. I was not going to get on that, but I watched enough videos to see how they do it. So I, having a very little minimal knowledge of it, 
was teaching him how to do it, how to throw the board, then run and jump. And he started getting better. And I can tell you after a few weeks, he's a lot better than when he first started, and he's enjoying it now. And it's the same way within God. We come into this with putting confidence in our flesh because that's what we're so used to doing in the world. Because in the world system, it is about your confidence in yourself. Everything in this world is promoting self-confidence. Do you. Focus on yourself. Build the best version of yourself. And now, these things are good. Don't get me wrong. They are good. But that is not the all and all. Because when you come in relationship with Christ, when you come into following after his will and his promises for your life, it's going to take you denying yourself and understanding that you can't do it on your own. So you got to take self out. And you have to learn a whole new way of where confidence comes from. Confidence comes from a place of knowledge in God's word. And as Christians, when we come to a church that is teaching the Bible and sounds a lot of depth, a lot of meat, it can be sometimes overbearing. But I want to encourage you with the word that Pastor Brian even ministered maybe three or four years ago. We are here to give not a hand out, but to give a hand up. To take people out from where they are and to get them to a place where they can experience and encounter God and be part of what's moving and having momentum in this region. Look, the vision that you're a part of is alive and well and it's working, but it's going to take you committing to it. It's going to take you not trying to see it for yourself and how you can get something out of it, but how you can come to it and deny yourself and say, God, use me in any way you want and seem fit. Say, my confidence, come on, say, my confidence is in God. See, in Psalms 119, verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Ephesians 1.17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Come on. In the knowledge of him. See, when you get intimate with the Father, when you begin to seek and pursue and desire him, you begin to know who he is. And as you begin to know who he is, you begin to understand who you are. And as you begin to understand who you are, you begin to have wisdom of how to live in this life. You begin to get a confidence, a trust, a faith, knowing that God is faithful to his word, knowing that God is performing on your behalf. See, confidence is not a feeling. Confidence is not an emotion. Confidence is not reliant on your own ability, but confidence is an assurance. It's a knowing. It's a reliant on his ability. Confidence in yourself will only get you so far. And maybe you already know that. Maybe you've tried. You've attempted, if I could say it that way. Maybe you've done it really well. But see, can I remind you that the way we view success in this world is not the same way that God views success? So stop comparing yourself to other people's success because to God it doesn't matter. You can be a millionaire. It don't matter. You can say all the right words, have the best communication, do all the right things. It don't matter. 
You look in the Bible, you see who God used. <laughs> there was a man that thought he was rich and wealthy. He couldn't even give it away to follow after Jesus. Philippians 3, 4 again. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. That word confidence means a feeling or belief that you can do something well or succeed at something. It's the feeling of be or being certain that something will happen or that something is true. Or it's a relation of trust and intimacy. That's good. A trust or intimacy. Come on, you have to be intimate with the Father. You have to trust him. You have to believe in him. I said this as we were worshiping God, that God can even help you in your unbelief. God, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. God, I do trust you, but I'm having challenges right now. It's hard because the situation I'm going through is big, man. I feel like I just keep on failing. I keep on falling. I keep on getting beaten up. What does the Bible say in Ephesians 6? Having done all to stand, therefore stand. But you stand with what? The armor of God. For we wrestle not against principalities and darkness and rulers of this world. Come on. You know that this isn't a physical battle, but this is a spiritual battle. So you can't fight something spiritual physically. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. And if you want to see multiplication within your family... If you want to see multiplication within the house of God, within this church, within this region, because that's what we're believing for, it's going to take you literally getting to the place where you don't put trust or confidence in yourself, but in him. Can I tell you that God's will for you is to possess this area? To possess I know that me and Lainey did not move to this region, another country, just to sit and chill, to enjoy the beach. Can I tell you, this is some great beaches, too. Come on. It is. It just is. Especially if you come from where I'm from. We had dirty, murky water because the Mississippi River ran into it. On a good day, it was green. Normally, it was brown. And you didn't know what was floating in the water. Let's just say it that way. But here, God has called you to possess. You're here for a reason, to possess the land. But we possess this land with confidence in him. Go to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. We're going to jump into this. Everybody doing good? Good. Numbers 13. And I'm going to read a few passages of scripture through this. Because there's a good amount through the story, but I'm going to take bits and pieces. Now, this might be a familiar scripture to a lot of people, or you may have never heard this. But in 13, verse 1, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying this, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. For each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one, a chief among them. So, we know that God told Moses at the burning bush that he was to deliver the people of Israel and to take them to Canaan, the land of milk and honey. God has told Moses this multiple times. And Moses, even when they, uh, before they got out of Egypt, he told the people that there is a new place that God has promised us. 
Now, the people knew this. And the reason why this is happening in Numbers 13 isn't because of God necessarily. It's because the people wanted to see if what God promised was really true. And so God allowed it. He said, you know what? Let's do it. To test their heart, though. To test and see where they really were. And so as we continue to read, we see that Moses sends out, and he goes to the different head of those tribes, and go to verse 27. We're skipping ahead a little bit. Or 25. And this is a report that the spies brought back. And at the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, they grabbed some big old grapes. They said it took two men that had to hold these grapes. They were big. And then this is what they said. They told him, we came to the land of which you sent us. And it flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit, just like you said it would. However, come on, however, here it comes. The people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and these were giants. There's giants in the land. What is the report you have of the place where God's called you and purposed you to be? That God's called you to possess? What is the report right now that you have within your life? How are you reporting back to the Father? Is it constant complaint? Is it constant grumbling? Because that's what the people of Israel did. Can I tell you that the test that you're going in is probably to show where your heart is, to fix it and to correct it? Do you know that God's word It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow, and showing the true intentions of your heart. That's what God's words will do. That's why a lot of times we don't want to get in his word, because it does just that. It cuts us. And when a cut comes, it doesn't feel good. You know, it says that in Acts chapter 2 that when the people heard Peter speaking about the good news, that they were cut to the heart. At what he has spoken and said, what do we need to do? And they got saved. They said about 3,000 were saved that day because of the word that Peter spoke, because of the evidence of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost that was manifested on those men in the upper room. Today, God is moving in this region. God has put a vision for this area. And God is wanting to hear from you a good report, no matter what it may look like, no matter the difficulty, no matter the challenges, no matter what you are up against. But that comes from a confidence in him. It comes recognizing you weren't made to do it on your own. We do it collectively, corporately as a body. You can't just look at this region and be scared and say, oh, man, how are we going to do this? You look at all the people, we don't have enough people. 
We don't have enough money. We don't have enough this. We don't look at what we have because we know what God's promised us. We know what God's spoken and what God has given us. So we stand on his word and we believe it's going to happen. And through that, we have faith and works through committing our life to it and not compromising every single time when a challenge arises. I can tell in your quietness that this is a little, it's cutting your heart a little bit. But I don't want to leave this place the same. I don't want to spend another five years and it look the same. I don't know about you. I don't want it to just be the same thing. Nothing's happening. I believe that God's here. I believe that God wants to work in this region. And I believe that because me, you, the vision that's in this house, that if we will carry it, if we will hold to it and do it and live it out, we will see it come to pass. We will see multiplication. But it's going to take you partnering with God. It's going to take you saying, you know what, I can't do it in my flesh because I really don't want to commit. I don't want to come to a Sunday afternoon class because I know all there is to know. Or I just, I want to hang out with my family and chill. I want to, man, I'm, I'm tired. It's hard to minister and to speak to people about God when you don't know God. Begin to put God and his word to fruition and to let it actually perform in your life. And that comes from you trusting and standing on it. And that only comes from having confidence in him. See, how are you looking at your life today? Is it in fear? The Bible says to not have a spirit of fear or that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Anxiety. Maybe you have anxiety today. The Bible says don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer. If you have anxiety today, can I tell you the answer to it? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... Let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God will surpass all understanding. And it will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. In John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, You can't get what you need from God from the world. You can't get it from anything other than God. You can't get it from a bottle. You can't get it from a pill. You can't get it from a relationship. You can only get it from when you get to the throne room of God and you obtain mercy and grace to help you in time of need. It's only in that place can you receive what God has for you. So stop running to a place and trying to find fulfillment and satisfaction because you'll never get it. It will always be a liar and a manipulator and deceive you, and you will think you found it, but can I tell you, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to catch you on that bait, and as soon as he gots you, he'll take you for a ride. This is the report. They begin to tell him why they couldn't go into the land. We know God promised this, but has God seen the giants? Did God see all the armies here? Of course he did. And this is the test. This is the test of their heart. He did it on purpose to test where they were because guess what? This generation didn't even go into it. They went back into the wilderness. And even the next day, they tried to go back to Moses and say, 
look, we were wrong. We don't want to go back to the wilderness. And he's like, no, if you disobey God a second time, <laughs> something bad is going to happen to you. Because you know that when the spies came back, they died of a plague. Besides Joshua and Caleb. Because if you go now to verse 30, it says, But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it. Come on, how many Joshua and Caleb's do I have in this house? Not looking at the situation and saying, Oh, we can't do it. Pastor Brian calls it grasshopper faith. You might be a little grasshopper. You might feel small in the world. You might feel inadequate. You might not feel like you have the ability to do something. But guess what? You don't have to do it on your own. You have people that are around you. You have something inside of you that God has put in you when you got saved. It has caused you not to just have just power on your own strength, but given power by the Holy Ghost and by the Word of God. And when you spend time with it, when you activate it in your heart, can I tell you that it goes out and it performs on your behalf and on the behalf of the body and the church that God has put in a region? That's what you're, that's what you're here for. That's what you've agreed to come into. See, they said nevertheless. That word nevertheless means despite all of that, despite God's faithful promise, despite this, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Despite God's faithful promise, the cities are fortified and very large. Despite God's faithful promise, there's giants. Despite God's faithful promise, we can't take this land. There's no vacancies. But Caleb, he said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. His confidence was not in what he could accomplish, but it was in the word that God promised even Moses and that burning bush. That my people, that I've called them into this land of Canaan, of milk and honey, And that's what Caleb knew. And it says, Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we are. See, it took great courage for Caleb to stand against the tide of unbelief. And sometimes you're going to feel like you're all alone. You're going to feel like you're the only one believing. You're going to feel like you're the only one trekking along. You're going to feel like you're the only one pushing forward. And at times, you're going to feel discouragement. You're going to feel like, is this even right? You're going to question it. But Caleb knew at once, despite everything, despite their attitude, just like Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true, but every man a liar. Let God be true, but every man a liar. Let his word stand and everybody else, what they have to say don't matter. No matter the situation, God's word is true. God's word is sure. God, God's word is able to perform. In verse 31, it says, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave up the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And the people we saw in there are men of great stature. See, their unbelieving response was a combination of truth, lies, 
an exaggeration. It was a true form of a human perspective. When we look at things, we see it not just through God's word. A lot of times we see it through our own eyes. We see it through what we hear. So there might be some truth in it. It might be in this moment that what you're facing, you have no clue what you're going to do. You have no clue that everything is hanging over your head, how you're going to get through it. That might be the truth. And you might tell people that, and you might even exaggerate it a little bit. We do that. We like to exaggerate our, our symptoms and the things that we go through because we want people to feel what we're feeling. Have you ever pushed a story a little further than it really was? Of course you have. But can I tell you that there's a truth in it that lies even greater, and that's the truth of God's word. See, all these men had different statements. Saw men of great stature, or they saw giants, and we were like grasshoppers. It's because of what was working in them. They didn't have confidence in knowledge of God's word. No. They started seeing that situation through self. We're not big enough. We're not good enough. We don't have enough men. See, my confidence doesn't come from myself, but in Christ. In Proverbs 14, 26, it says, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. In Philippians 1, 6, it says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you or in me will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. See, you want to know what a robber of confidence is? Pride. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Fear is a robber of confidence. In Hebrews 13, 6, we can say this. So we confidently say that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? This is why I have a hard time sometimes when it comes to the situations that I personally face. Why do I allow myself to get in fear? Why do I allow myself to get frustrated and angry? And we say this all, man, we're just human. I understand that, but I'm not because there's something inside of me that's changed. I'm no longer dead, but I'm alive in Christ. Do I truly believe what's been changed in me? Because I know that what God has done in me overcomes everything else within my life. And it comes from a place of knowing him, a place of knowledge. So I got to keep myself in relationship and in fellowship with him. I have to grow. What builds confidence? Hope. Romans 15, 13, it says, may the God of hope fill you. Say, fill me, God. Come on, say, fill me, God. With all joy and peace and in believing so that by the power of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. What builds confidence? Faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, so we walk by faith, not by sight. Proverbs 3, verse 5, don't let a scripture get too familiar. Can I just encourage you that? Don't let a scripture get too familiar. It's still his word. 
memorize it. You probably know flip Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6 by heart. I guarantee I can say, say it now. You all be able to say it. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will what? Direct your paths, or he will make straight your paths, another translation says. What's another builder of confidence? Love. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Stop allowing sin to keep you bound up. You are no longer a slave to sin. If you have believed and called out upon Jesus and received him into your heart, can I tell you what's next? Repent and turn. And that might be a constant thing that you have to do. Turn from it. Just turn. The beauty of the church is you have people that can help you and hold you accountable. I don't know why we don't do this sometimes. We don't like to expose ourselves. I get it. But there are people that God will put in your life to help you be accountable to serving him. I've had men in my life that have helped me walk the walk that I need to and to be able to acknowledge when I'm not doing it and there have an opportunity and a voice to speak into my life because I've given them that. Not everyone has that and not everyone's supposed to have that. But can I tell you, that's why God's put a pastor in your life. That's why God's put a man of God in your life to hold you accountable, to equip you, to empower you through the word of God, not his word, not his intellect, not his knowledge, not even his experiences. Now, some of that might be involved in it, but it comes from the Word. Colossians 3.14 says that above all these, put on love. You got to put on love. Put it on like a clothing item. Put it on like a hat, like a shirt. I said hat because I'm the one that wears a hat because I'm bald. Put on love, which binds everything together (laughs) in perfect harmony. It binds it together in perfect harmony. See, don't be fooled to think that you have what it takes to accomplish God's will because of your intellect or your capability. You don't. See, in verse 7 in Philippians 3, and we close with this, but whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Because if you look in prior scriptures, he talks about all the great things he's done. The accolades, being the Jewish elite. He had reason to boast. And he says, whatever gain I had, count as loss. (laughs) Today, your confidence comes four areas, or three, sorry, from the finished work of Christ. See, Jesus died on the cross for every single person, for you and me. And what he did on that cross, and when he died and he rose again three days later, that was the completion of God's promise to humanity. That confidence that we have comes from the finished work of Christ. Your confidence comes from your intimacy and relationship with him. Your confidence comes from knowing the word of God and knowing 
the presence of God. Because out of that place, your confidence isn't relying on you, but on Him. See, Joshua and Caleb knew that they could possess the land. If you go into Numbers 14, it says that Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of, I'm going to butcher this, Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. See, confidence can be contaminated, it can be misplaced, and it can even puff you up. But when you keep your confidence in Christ, you will possess the land. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages. 